I, I've already hit record on this so that people can feel that this is, you know, it's so such a real conversation. So everyone out there listening, That's you right. are now, you're listening to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Today, we are talking with Joshua Milos, not Milos, um, although it is gyro or not hero. Um, you're not yes. Greek, but what you I are. Polish. Um, but what you are, however, is head of IT applications for Birkenstock of America's and I'm a big fan, man. I really am. I've been a fan of Birkenstock for a long time. I grew up, spent most of my summers on the beach. I have beat up, ruined, and done everything to Birkenstocks that I should have never done. And probably there's probably a bunch of people that would roll your eyes at me at your company for not treating my cork right and doing everything that I could do, like walking through salt water with them and oh, everything. Yeah. You know, but I don't care. I love them. I love well, the way they feel. Well, thanks for being a, a brand fan. I, I yeah. re- really appreciate it. I, folks like you really are, are the people that make our uh, product what it is. There's a, um, I, what is it? The Bostonians or whatever, the ones that like go over the front, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're just going to talk shoes for a few seconds. I don't care about IT and SAP and all this other stuff that we're going to talk about. But, you know, you guys used to have this version of the Bostonians with a rubber sole where I could take the cork out, replace okay. it, and put it back in. So I want you to deliver that feedback to whoever you need to do of how I will take I it. That you don't I will have take that it to anymore. product development. I will take it to product development tomorrow. And I think it's because someone in marketing decided, well, we allowed him to replace the cork so he's not buying any more new shoes and we just can't do that, so get rid of that. Um, but that was the pair that I still have that I thought, oh, when I'll just, just you know ruin these like I ruin every other shoe and I'll just buy another pair and now they, you don't make them anymore. And I've literally been looking on like, you know, whatever Poshmark that my wife's on for like old versions of it, but I can't find it. Uh, so I still wear the old ones around that have, you know, uh, stain from painting the porch in them. And, you know, I have like levels of Birkenstocks. I have levels, you know, there's levels. There's the ruined pair that you can wear for workouts. I'm mowing the lawn. And then there's the yes. pair that's like, you know, pristine, like, no, you, you can't, this is like, you would actually wear that with like, I don't know if you wanted to look weird in a suit or something, you know? <laughs> Anyways. Okay, enough Birkenstock talk. It must be. Anyways, uh, do you love working there? Of course, I you do. Say yes, you're on. You're oh, being recorded. Of course, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. The the company is fantastic. Uh, you know, here in the Americas, uh, we have this this really great leadership team. Um, I'm I'm happy to be part of the organization yep. that is continuing to grow. Uh, we are. You know, we're we're in this really you know interesting time right now. And I'll use the word interesting. Um, you know, with just, you know, the stay at home COVID, you know, mm-hmm. uh, retail has been beaten up hard, apparel mm-hmm. and footwear, especially. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we've been very lucky, uh, Birkenstock and you know, there's a couple other brands out there, but you know, people want to want that comfort, that, that, that feeling of comfort, the, the, the health and uh, the benefits that our product brings. And, um, people love Birkenstocks and, and, and people have found our company again after all these years, you know, mm. it, it's, you have shoes that are, uh, go by the wayside, but then you get, you have Birkenstocks that, you know, that's a brand that's, that's stayed stay the, the test. If time. you're aware, it goes all the way back, man. You have a history. I have a history with you guys. I really do. Um, does yes. it help that you speak? Do, yes. Can you speak German first of all? And would it help if you spoke German? Um, <laughs> I speak maybe two or three words of German. Don't test me, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I've been very lucky. 
the uh, our headquarters, of course, is in Germany, where all our uh, Birkenstocks are continuing to be made. And so uh, I've got a, a great team out there that I work with, um, both on the business and IT side, that um, yep. are very nice and indulge me in speaking English. Um, Do you get and, to fly out there? Yeah, we're... You yeah, you know, before all this this stuff started, yeah, we um, definitely uh, out to Cologne where the head yeah. office is. Um, you know, we work together on, on a number of initiatives, including SAP, which is also a German company. So. You can um, you can learn a language pretty quickly. Uh, I found I'm a terrible language person. It was the worst in school ever, and I found Pimsleur. And I've been trying to learn languages for a long time, and I found Pimsleur to be the best way to learn a language. And you can literally learn within like three months. It's pretty amazing. Nice. So if you want to just you know while you're driving back and you know just download the Pimsleur app, throw up uh, German, and you will yeah. at least within a couple weeks you'll have some, you know, general conversation stuff. It's actually really, really cool how it works. Um, okay, so SAP, SAP, horror stories, SAP horror stories. They are really unknown to man. That never happens. Um, everything goes as smooth as possible. Um, transitioning things like this, working in, in your level of the industry, is probably like the easiest job that there is in the world. So I don't know what we're going to talk about. Um, (laughs) but you've done it well, you've done it and you've done it well. So how, um, I don't know, let's just, let's just go back. How did you get into this? How did you get into this, this thing? And, uh, yeah, Yeah, it's, yeah. So I would say, um, like, I love your show, by the way, I've I've been listening to it for the past year. And, um, I say like your, a lot of your other guests, I think the common thing is I was exposed to technology early. Uh, My dad, uh, I live in the San Francisco area. My dad was uh, very much involved in the technology industry, uh, brought home a TRS-80, Trash-80, uh, yes. for us to, to play with. Now, now I'm going to say, I actually had a good talk to my dad about this the other day uh, yeah. in preparation for the interview. He uh, said, okay, tell me about the Trash-80, because I'm trying to remember the version and all the things that were included. And, and for those of you who are <laughs> Trash-80 aficionados, this was not the original Trash-80. This was the Trash-80 color computer, which apparently the only thing shared that was common between the color computer version and the original trash 80 was that little sticker that said TRS 80. Cause it was a, a Tandy machine apparently with some other um, <laughs> bells and bells and whistles, oh. but still the same things, you know, the, the tape drive, the, um, my dad brought home one of the first modems, you know, like a 300 baud K baud modem. No, 300 K. No, it was like a 300, like a 300 baud modem for us to play, you know, he, uh, for us to play with. Um, he also, you know, I think what Tandy Corporation, Radio Shack was really big on back then was the magazines, like the, you know, the rainbow magazine that had the like stuff about, Hey, this is a computer, what it does, but it also had programs that you could hand key into the, the TRS-80 and save into the, the, the cassette tape drive. And so I, you know, I would be spending, you know, That's what I'm, okay. Seven, so the cassette tape, how yeah. is the cassette it was literally saving it on like, was this just like a regular tape you could buy somewhere? Or did you have to yeah. buy a specific tape? No, no, this was a cassette tape. This was a cassette drive, uh, RCA uh, jacks into the cassette drive. Yeah, I was seeing I it the other day. Going yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, but it would, um, it would, it just takes forever to load things and save things because you have to rewind it. You have to mark on the tape. Okay, you have a little the little counter. Uh-huh. on the tape drive to say, okay, here's where you know, you're at uh, zero, 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 zero. And then you would, <laughs> you would record your, you, you'd see, you, you type your program in and you'd save it to the tape and it would, as it's recording that counters counting. And so on the back of the tape drive, not kind of like a mixtape, you know, you've got your, okay, program number one is, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
Frogger and Froggers from 000 to, you know, 0300, for example. And, and so that was the, the old school way before we had the floppy disk, before all these other things came along. That's you crazy. Stuff. I yeah. never had the tape. I mean, I know I remember tape drives, yeah. but I never had like throwing a Memorex, you know, tape. Like, could you just buy yeah. a tape? Like, it was, it, tape? from my recollection now, this is, again, this is, uh, you know, uh, six, seven, eight years old when we're, uh, my dad was doing this with me, but it was, it was literally Memorex, uh, you know, a, a cassette tape that we throw in there. I'm doing a giveaway. I was on eBay the other day, looking up, looking up old computers and like trying to find ones that were in mint condition and working. We're like, oh, I was going to do a, maybe we'll do a dissecting popular IT nerds, like, you know, giveaway. We'll give away like an old, like, I don't know. We'll give away one of these computers in mint condition working. I think it would just be fun. Yeah. I wish I had oh kept gosh. them all. I wish I had kept yes. them all. They're still selling. Yeah. They're not expensive. You can buy it for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Maybe so that our, is a lot of the... So our ahead. Trash 80 actually died. Um, it, it caught on fire. Um, nice. It, my, 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 my dad got a 64 KB memory upgrade that actually had to solder into the, uh, the motherboard. Huh. And he, he admitted to me uh, years later, yeah, I think I might have not soldered it actually crack, uh, correctly in the system. So my brother, my oldest of three, my brother was playing uh, the Donkey Kong emulator. And oh. all of a sudden, smoke's com- coming out of the machine. Else, it, it caught on fire. <laughs> so my dad grabs it, runs out to the backyard, dumps a whole bunch of water on it. And that was the uh, end of that. And, and from there, we went to 286s and 386s and, and uh, 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 gray box machines after that. Donkey Kong killed the TRS-80 and died in a raging inferno. Yes. (laughs) Still one of those family stories we talk about to this day. So uh, it would have been great to have your dad on the show at the same time. That would have been great. He didn't really know what he was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sure, um, yeah, he will love listening to this afterwards. Uh, But yeah, I, I was exposed to technology. And so I, you know, but I didn't actually go in that direction originally. I wanted to be a, Go to work for the State Department. Uh, I wanted to be involved in international relations. I, I, I went into a poli sci uh, uh, as a degree, and uh, which is a totally useful, realize, which is a totally useful major that everyone should spend oh, their yeah. money on. I know. <laughs> I, but, I, I just I make just, fun of poli sci people. Uh, I make fun of them because my wife was a poli sci major, and I'm like, hey, it's working out well for you. Exactly. Uh, and so <laughs> I started going down that route and realized, oh, there, what I actually wanted to do wasn't going to be able to be done with poli sci so came home uh started working into a um uh to a a semiconductor company as customer service Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what i wanted to do and and uh uh, still very good with computers you know the it guys are coming through and i'm like 19 20 at the time still a young guy wet behind the ears and um, they would like fix the computer and like the customer service agent come over and say hey josh this doesn't quite work do you know anything about how to fix it and so i would Fix yeah. it even further. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. God, come on, sheesh. Um, <laughs> Look what he did. So, so the IT manager uh, there decided um, they were tired of me fixing stuff after their people came through and, and they hired me as, um, as a business analyst. And after that, I went, hey, this isn't too bad. Maybe I should actually stick to something I'm good at. Um, yeah. And so after that, that programming CS major uh, went to um, com- uh, com- uh, commuter college. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, from was there, it fun? I guess my question is, was it fun? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would say, you know, fun because, but work. because at the time, yeah, fun, yeah. but work. But I think what was great about it at the time was I, um, I, I, 
I got a lot of on-the-job training uh, <laughs> where, you know, you, you sit in classrooms and you learn mm. things is one thing. Mm. But when you're sitting out there working with the business, working, uh, you know, when I was, you know, very young, you know, uh, working mm. with business, getting your mm. hands uh, involved with things, mm-hmm. working with uh, other programmers that have many, many years more experience than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to learn so much and, and actually mm. I got to travel. I traveled, uh, everywhere from Austin to, uh, Singapore, to Korea, to Taiwan, um, uh, as part of, you know, I was like still 20, 21 at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, and got to see the world. The, I was just talking with, um, uh, uh, what's wrong with me? Uh, I was just talking with Todd Chipway, who was, who was, um, was kind of involved in building the early days of uh, Facebook's data center build out. And it, we were just talking about like, you couldn't build it, like you couldn't build it fast enough in the absolute massive and like just the, the access points all around the world. Um, and it just made me think of that. Like, what about, you know, what was, technology like in Korea and Taiwan at the time did do you think kind of tech te- technology was kind of like at a level set for everyone across the world or have people always been catching up to the United States or did Europe kind of surpass the United States when it comes to maybe infrastructure and ability to do things with less um, just made me think of that like what was technology like in Korea and, and across the world at the time and would you say that it's growing kind of exponentially equally across the world no, you know, I think what was interesting at the time, um, like this was, uh, 97, 98. Um, and and so, yeah, this is, you know, Yahoo, this is pre, of course, pre Facebook, Google was kind of this little like uh, engineering shop that was kind of figuring things out at the time. Hotmail, AOL, Netscape, right. Netscape. Everybody's got the (laughs) AOL disks and Netscape. Yeah, <laughs> what was the free thing, right? what was the free dial up internet that everyone had? Was it Net Zero? Net Zero? Oh, Net Zero. Right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's free. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say in my experience, and at least in that time period, I, I felt that Korea and Singapore especially, that yeah. they were were further ahead um, at least in technology than uh the US was. Wow. I, it, it, just from, yeah, I, I, you know, from, you know, and I was visiting, you know, the main cities, of course. So, you know, I think it really depends ultimately, but, um, but from more established technology, you know, um, Uh from like flying Singapore airlines, uh, Uh to staying in the hotels in downtown Korea, I I felt Uh that their technology was certainly a little bit further ahead. Now, of course, uh, us took a huge jump once you know the facebook's and the google yeah the google was especially you know mm. grew um uh you know from 2009 from so. a software like maybe software perspective or coding perspective yeah code yeah coding from a software and, and yeah, yeah. yeah not from like a soldering transistors and no not blowing up your computer yeah, in the yeah, backyard yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah okay gotcha <laughs> um so sap why uh, you said last time, I mean, really, like, it's like the best. Like, why is SAP the right ERP system for everyone out there listening? Let's yeah, start, it's, start like a fight, you know? Like, why, yeah. the best. why is it the best ERP system in your opinion? So, that, that's a good I'm not even getting paid by these guys. I got to go to some, yeah. you have some rep over there that'll like, I don't know, sponsor our show or something. Like, throw me 10. I'm sure we'll, we'll hook you up. Throw me like a couple of Chipotle SAP, burritos. Yeah. Can I get a few there burritos just for mentioning them? 
now. So why in, in saying that they're the best and then having Birkenstock the say that they're the best? I mean, come on. Um, why is SAP the best? <laughs> so I, I think, you know, there, there's, I would say this. SAP has a lot of, oh, it's an intellectual property, a lot of smarts when it comes to the, you know, they, they tout, you know, the best of the best companies run SAP. Um, and I would say, when you look at SAP versus other systems, it, it comes down really, I think there, there's a Coke versus Pepsi argument you can have. You know, do you want everything in one system, a hub and spoke model where you got SAP in the hub and you've got all these other systems, uh, satellite systems connected to it mm-hmm. via the spokes? Or, or you go distributed, um, you know, the best of, best of breed uh, where you where everything is, uh, you know, it, it's distributed across many, many different systems and, and it's uh, everything's in balance. And, and so um, and back when I did my first project in 99, 2000, it was, you know, J.D. Edwards, Oracle, SAP. And then that was the argument still was, but do you want to throw everything into one system, one vendor that can do everything for you? Or do you want to go best of breed and connect all these systems together? You know, I think what we call today microservices. Um, and, and so I, I think SAP is the best uh, for two reasons, a couple of reasons. One, um, there is, a, I think, a very good argument to say, you know, the integration effort required um, is less when you put your you put all your eggs in the SAP basket because in one system, you've got your planning, you've got your finances, you've got your inventory, you've got your order management system, everything in, in, in one system. And it can do it all. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, there have been some negative press around um, SAP failures. But when it's done right, mm-hmm. when, when it's built correctly, kind of like a Lego set, um, mm-hmm. yeah, when you, you build it scalable, man, that system will fly for you. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but also when you think about it, there's this great, um, ecosystem, especially in the apparel footwear industry, I have to say, of other customers, uh, in, in the apparel footwear industry, uh, the Nike, the Under Armors, the Columbia Sportswears, the Crocs, they're all running SAP with. too. Yeah, yeah, we can collaborate with, and, and I've been yeah. part, lucky, lucky to be part of, uh, industry groups mm-hmm. for apparel and footwear where, we reach out, we talk to each other all the time. Hey, how do you guys do things? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and share and collaborate and, you know, not reinvent the wheel all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think there's this great ecosystem of, of customers and collaboration that can support you in that journey uh, to, get to, so, to get to where you want to go. Any advice if you were building something from the ground up or maybe building something from the ground up would be step one or option two, um, it's already built and we need to migrate to SAP off of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the biggest thing, you know, I think SAP tests, this is, is it's a business transformation. The I think some of the worst things you can do is try to stuff your, you you know, air quotes, stuff your business processes into an SAP system. You have to actually look at it from the other direction. And SAP really touts this is that look at, at our business, best business practices. Look at how we, we recommend you do things in the system. Build in that direction. Uh, and, and I would say also build in a scalable manner. Don't go big bang. Don't try to try to do everything all at once. Hmm. Do it in smaller chunks because, it, um, you know, it goes back to Project Management 101. You can't always... Uh, if you try to do do everything all at once, you can always sometimes get yourself into a, 
a pickle when it comes to either budget or resources or scope. So, mm. Mm. Um, that really just, I don't want to say that that's mind blowing, but it kind of is mind blowing because it makes me think of some projects sometimes that are, you're on a whiteboard and you're drawing a line to this line to this process to this, this needs to move to here. Then we need to integrate this and integrate this. And this goes here, here and here where we could probably just go back with a red marker and, uh, this later, this later, <laughs> this, this Absolutely. later, cross this out, cross this out. Just do this first. Um, Yes. Focus uh, on what's important. Focus on what's going to bring you the best ROI. So you got to kind of do this from a build something from the ground up uh, when you guys were opening up a, a new market and kind of maybe just walk me through like, you know, your thought process on how you do that, where you start. Yeah. And so we were very lucky uh, just this last year. Um, I was hired to um, build a team in the U.S., uh, to support North America, and uh, our our North America region was opening our uh, a new channel out there in Canada. Uh, so this was Greenfield. This is you know they talk about Greenfield projects, and then for those no Greenfields, you know we're starting fresh. Mm-hmm. Nothing there. We're mm-hmm. going to build build ground up. Um, and we were lucky uh, in that project. It was the greenest of Greenfields. There was no office, no team no phone system, no internet, everything was going to be brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the business side, there were very, uh, there, I, when you say I, no I, office, really, there was a physical building there or were you building that? No, office? no, there was, we, they went out and picked an office. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so we're not like a piece of grass. There was yeah, grass. We yeah, planted yeah. seed. We, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that does yeah. happen, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we were, we were, uh, yeah. So certainly, um, a brand new office, a brand new team was hired on the business side that was uh, working with us. Um, I needed to build a team. And so I, I think the first thing, you know, I, I was an army of one initially, uh, mm-hmm. but I needed to bring some good resources in. And so what um, the first thing I did as an uh, IT leader is to look where my needs are. And, and, and so I saw I needed three specific needs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I went out and started hiring for those. Um, but then, uh, secondly, you know, the projects had already just out of curiosity, started. just out of curiosity, yeah. you had three specific needs. Um, when you went out to hire for that, did you have people in mind already that you already knew yeah. or did you actually, you didn't. Okay. So there was yeah, no so like I, recruiter. I, there was no, like, I have to go find people or anything like that. You already yeah. knew who you're going to bring. Yeah. I, I've, again, I guess I've been lucky enough to be just a part of the, the industry of the last, uh, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so you're calling up friends and saying, Hey man, uh, I, like, Look, this is what I, I had a short list of people I needed. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. a lot like um, you know when you're building a, a franchise. Are, are you gonna you go to the owner and say, "Hey, do you want to be in the playoffs year one, or do you want to you know wait a couple of years before you know we get to the championship round?" Because I could do either. I can we can build from ground up and and be in the championship round two three years from now, or we we want to be in the playoffs uh, year one. And so they said, you know, hey, we needed we needed good resources to start with. Um, and so I went out and. So your answer was it, playoffs year one. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the <laughs> word I got was, was we need playoffs year one. And so I went out and, and hired four resources that I knew that would be successful, uh, out of the game. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, so that, that was of course the first step. Uh, we got to, but that project was ongoing. Uh, so, you know, we got a you know, kind of that speeding train headed towards, uh, the finish line in October of last year. Can I, do you uh, mind if I dig yeah. in a little bit there just because, yeah, yeah. um, it's just making me think of some other own 
let me just say personal problems that I have in my own life. <laughs> how do you divide? How, how, how are you dividing a line and saying like, look, like, are you, when you give directions, are you giving very specific directions? And are you saying like, look, this is in char- This is what you are in charge of. Go make it happen. Are you micromanaging to a degree? Are you letting go? Or is there, or, is, or was everyone on the team wearing multiple hats, but they had kind of like a primary superpower? You know, how are you dividing that? Yeah, great question. And so um, I am definitely not someone who's going to micromanage. Um, I, that's why everyone likes you. And that's why you're so easy to talk to. I mean, oh, thanks. Now, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm a firm believer in giving guardrails, uh, giving direction, giving guardrails, but saying, um, to your point, this is your primary superpower. You are in charge of uh, keeping an eye on customer service and sales team. Go run mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. But you also get supply chain, by the way. You you get the folks that do the purchasing. So go go dig into that a little bit. I know you got the skills. Go yep. make it happen. You know, the things like that. Or, you know, hey, I, I know you're going to, I know you are an expert in finance. Go, go work with them with that because that may be an area where I might not have um, the strongest skill set. And so I need somebody that, that's maybe a little bit stronger there. Or, hey, I need an infra, I need an infrastructure and integrations person. Go, I need to start worrying about and thinking about these things. And so I'm, I'm handing tasks out and mm. um, I'm, I want folks to run with it and then come back to me if there's a problem. My job, I see, is um, uh, kind of that that guy that's running, uh, playing those the field and laying down the blocks ahead of the uh, uh, the guy that's that run my team members that are running with the ball. Gotcha. So people are coming back with, "Hey, we need to build it this way." Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I see this issue. Hey, I, I've talked to customer service and they're having issues with mm-hmm. with our uh, website, um, our our B two B website. You know, let's let's look at let's dig into that a little bit or. Or, you know, hey, I talked to the person that's uh, in charge of vendor compliance and we're looking at uh, how do we, you know, we get EDI spread across like six different platforms. How do we, how do we make that better? As an example, uh, you yeah. know, I think those are things that, that we, then we get in and dig in as a team or, or dig in individually and say, okay, so what have you seen? What do we know? You know, there's some definitely some best practices out there on how to approach some of these things just because you know, there's a certain playbook you run with. And then how do you translate between you and the German mothership? So let's just say you built out this new, complete new location, new team, bring in your own special people, build out the entire thing from the ground up. How does that mesh with, I don't know, what's going on over in Germany? Yeah. Yeah, and so we've been very lucky to have such a great um, leadership team uh, here in the U.S. and and also in Germany. Uh-huh. And so it, it's a matter of um, way I, I I see it, especially because we're a, a conglomerate. You know, we're a, a, a Birkenstock group. There's many different companies, uh, and so there's many different players uh, wearing multiple hats. Uh, I see it in a way that they are kind of an internal AMS provider. Um, you know, so there's things that I go to them and say, hey. I know you guys have expertise in uh, XYZ. I need your assistance. Uh, you know, you guys manage the servers uh, for our SAP system. That's great. How, you know, let, let's work together and I'll let, I'll let you take that lead because that's, that's uh, something that you guys have more experience in than maybe I, I you know, in a bench strength on my side of the, the water, I don't. Um, but then on the other hand, I say, hey, I've got somebody that's got expertise in finance. Uh, I see you guys maybe are, are looking for that resource. 
why don't I share my resource with you? So there, there's a bit of give and take ultimately at the end of the day. What happens when someone like you just disappears off the face of the earth? <laughs> my, my hope is if I ever disappear at the face of the earth, the rest of the team keeps writing. You know, that, that's ultimately as a leader, our jobs should be replaceable ultimately. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 the ship should still be running. We should still have be heading in the right direction. Uh, you know, there, there may be some directional things, you know, uh, that can, uh, as a leader that we can add, but, but would it be easy it's, it's, for someone, uh, would it be easy for someone to come into your position and look at it and be like, wow, dude, I like how he built this. I can see how he was as a type of person. Like would you I would hope so. your DNA, like is your DNA stamped on this? I, I hope so. You know, I'm always <laughs> the, someone that, um, that touts scalability, supportability. It happens every you day. Know? I mean, it's gotta happen. Yeah. It happens every day. People disappear. People yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, but seriously, like I was talking yeah. with my um, sister yeah. the other day and, you know, it, this is just, you know, we're dealing with my parents getting old and helping my dad with, yeah. you know, yeah. finances and stuff like that. And um, she's like, Phil, I've never, you know, I've never had to deal with this stuff before because uh, Carl, her husband, she's like, he, he does all the finances and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I, and it just made, left me thinking, you know, it left me even thinking about my own wife. That's like, you know, like, yeah, like what would happen? Like if I just disappeared, would someone even know, like, you know, how to perform the tax return or any other number of tasks. You know what I mean? So um, it's cool. Yeah. Ultimately my, my hope is there's a small, I mean, of course there's a small amount of administrative things that maybe I manage, but my hope is my team can certainly um, carry on ultimately at the end of the day, you know, self-sufficiency. I would hope as, you know, like, SAP director, creator, uh, ninja, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Um, it's a very like, well, it's gotta be very well organized. And it, I mean, it's literally like, it's, it's how everything works. Right. It's, it's really like yes. this, like super organization on, on, you know, steroids. Um, so I would hope that it would be very clear and very, um, uh, very easy to see. Um, what is the most fun part of your job? Yeah, I, I always has been uh, seeing something from inception to uh, go live. So, you know, sitting there with somebody in the business and hearing their business problems <laughs> and then seeing that become something, you know, and it could be as simple as they say, hey, you know, Josh, and maybe I didn't even realize it. You know, we, sometimes it's just sitting with somebody and back in the old days when we could sit next to each other in the office and, and, and just talk or just look over somebody's shoulder and they're doing something on the system. You know, they may do something to go, Hey, wait a minute. That that seems like a uh, inefficient way of doing things. And, and then talking through, and it could be simple as just a small change, or it could be something like a systems implementation that you do in a conjunction with uh, an SAP project, where you add um, AR automation or AP automation or um, uh, any number of different things that improve the business's lives, and see that to go all the way to go live, and see the business go, whoa, you know, this is going to save me time. It's going to save me money at the end of the day, uh, save me resources. You know, my resources can be focused on other, yeah. uh, more important things. Do you have a, um, days of the week divided up where you go out and have certain conversations with certain groups of people? Do you have your time blocked kind of like a block and tackle, um, almost, almost like a playbook where, you know, Monday's defense, this day's offense, this day's, you know, whatever special teams. And we're kind of, you know, talking, questioning, revisiting? Do you have any sort of 
plan or, I mean, do you plan out your days like that? Sort of. I would say it's, it's actually, um, I look at my day and uh, especially because of uh, time zone differences, we're nine hours, nine hours away from Germany. Uh-huh. My mornings are stuff related to my colleagues in Germany. And right now we're running a, a very big SAP project, uh, the next phase after what we did in Canada. Uh, you know, mid mornings are oftentimes meetings uh, with the U.S. colleagues, and sometimes our Canadian colleagues. And then the afternoons is, you know, generally I'm taking one on ones with my team members, or we have, you know, IT status meetings or, or department meetings where we're we're reviewing how things are going. Um, you know, and it's I would say especially working from home, it's important to block your calendar uh, for your own time too, uh, for projects, for learning. You know. Um, we get in this situation where we're just always running, running, running. And I tell my team members that too. You gotta like block your calendar to, to, to either support yourself in learning or just to self care or just, just so you have less noise uh, at the end of the day. What, what is, um, do you play any sports or anything or what, what does self care look like for you? Yeah. Uh, I do a lot of uh, walking and hiking. I used to run. Uh, I was, I, I loved, uh, running cross country, uh, distance running, yeah. uh, but I got old and my knees are, are not as great as they Boom, used to man. be, but yeah. yeah, I used to run but, too. You know, That's, I said the exact same thing. I used to run. Oh, <laughs> I ran yeah. cross country in high school. Um, and I remember training for like a marathon and I was like, got up, I was like ran 16 miles one day and my knees were kind of beat up after it. Yeah. And I saw a guy flipping a Brazilian jiu-jitsu sign on the corner of the street. I was like, oh, I remember wrestling. That was fun. I went to Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I never ran again. Oh, if, yeah. I run, yeah. if I run now, it's like, you know, three miles or two <laughs> miles or something like that. But I was like, oh, no, running is over. Anyways. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if people love running and love getting in that zone, you kind of get in that zone and that mindset. So. Yeah. Area. I do more hiking. I've got this great little uh, county park, especially with the, these days with COVID, uh, it's about a two mile, uh, two miles up the street from where we live and go up there uh, on the weekends. It's, it's great. Uh, okay. it, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, what is, and I, I've been asking this a lot lately because I want to, I'm wondering if technology guys even have this in mind, but what's the, you know, uh, what's the end game for you? And I'm, please don't tell me it's, uh, I'm going to cash out the 401k and, uh, be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, uh, end game, yeah, you know, I think end game for me, ultimately, um, I don't know if there's an end game. I, I, I see it as, as a continued game, uh, you know, continued growth. That, uh-huh. That's something that's kind of like marked my career is just always learning, always learning something new, always getting into different industries, you know, learning ERP systems. Uh, Someone writes you a you check know, for $25 million today. They hand it to you this moment. You get $25 million, What would you do? I, I would probably, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, the one of the few that actually go to work next day. Uh, you know, I might take, take some more vacation time, but I'm not someone that would quit. I, I, I'm not, not someone who can sit. I'm not someone who likes to sit down. I like being, uh, up and involved and, and working. Um, now maybe it takes, you know, half a year off, you know, maybe take a you know, really long vacation, uh, for sure. But, um, I, I'm someone that uh, needs to learn. And I think I would go involved. back to school. I think I would go back to school. Yeah. No, yeah, I know I would. I, I don't think I would. I know I would. Um, and that's kind of like, because I'm kind of like always wanting to be in school now and constantly learning and studying. Yeah. And I have much more appreciation for uh, seeking of knowledge now than I did in the past. Yeah. So now that's it's, awesome. yeah, you know. Um, but anyways, 
that's uh, uh that's cool um yeah. but it anyways but it's it's leadership growth in the yes. it field right. yeah in business i mean ultimately I, I love enterprise applications because it's the cross-section of IT and technology and business. We have to be able to translate uh, uh, the business speak into ones and zeros, you know, and sometimes there's a lot of ambiguity. So you got to pound at that ambiguity until you get to a one and a zero uh, mm. for the system to be able it's to It's even more mind-blowing. Yeah, it's even more mind-blowing in kind of like the healthcare space too. Like what you said right now, because you see the business, you see the operations, you can, you, I mean, really can positively affect the bottom line in a very big way through process, yeah. like a really, really big way. Um, and I think that that's, I don't know if our, I don't know if our IT guys are given enough high fives unless you're, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know, Elon Musk or something. I don't know. Like, you know, how many IT guys are high fives and be like, look, do you, uh, do you have, um, do you believe in MBOs or anything like that? Do you like the idea of an MBO? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we use more, you know, goals and KPIs, but, uh, you know, we, we certainly strive. Um, I always work to have some type of, um, goal process for our, our measurement of, look yeah. at, look at how we affected the, the bottom line type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I guess what I was saying is even in, you know, in healthcare, it's even crazier because now you've got technology and healthcare kind of merging together from the standpoint of data analytics and yes. how you can take data and use that in conjunction with science. And you've got guys that are like really, really good at, I don't know, high levels of chemistry or whatever. And then also technology nerds at the same time. It's yes. pretty, uh, people are way smarter than me. Um, if you had one, you know, if you had one piece of advice for everyone out there, you know, just other guys in IT, other, other people listening, um, what would that be? Stay hungry, stay, you know, stay, be humble with the business, stay hungry, continue to learn. Um, you know, it, it, the worst case you can be or do is to go to the business and, and let talk over them, learn from them, listen and be a, a advocate and a consultant, uh, be a psychologist, let them talk to you about their issues because ultimately those things that they tell you may be small, but can ultimately, um, be something big for you to, to, to grow and build. Mm-hmm. It might be your next Elon Musk moment. Mm-hmm. Be people psychologists. I like it. Um, go Birkenstocks. Everyone should own a pair of Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks are for IT nerds. If you don't have one, um, so I'll, I'll leave that. Maybe we should get a. Maybe we should do a Birkenstock giveaway or something. I'll think of that. We'll think there of that. Yeah. Alrighty, uh-huh. sir. Uh, great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. <laughs>